Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. In today's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, Richard Whitwell returns for another week, this time to talk to us about his experience as a finance director in a private equity-backed business. Gary is our host again today, and I'm going to hand over to you, Gary, to far away some questions. Thank you very much, Georgia. Well, I think it's highly unusual. We have Richard Whitwell, who is an investor with LDC and has been an investor with other private equity companies as well, but in the very unusual position that he's also been a finance director in a couple of companies and grown and built them as well. So I think it'd be fantastic for us to ask Rich about these experiences. As a finance director, Rich, have you got any sort of headlines to kick us off with? Thanks, Gary. No, other, I mean, obviously, you and I worked closely at, at one of those businesses, which was the very different sort of businesses that I, I, I uh, was the finance director of. One was in the holiday sector, so the, the UK staycation sector, and the other was a chemical engineering business. So <laughs> completely different, completely different sectors, completely different situations. And, and I have to say, both experiences were rich from the point of view of just dealing with a whole range of issues, situations, perspectives, uh, has helped me no end, actually, into when, I, when, I, when I actually sort of moved into the private equity world uh, after that experience. I think it's given me a, a, a very different sort of base of experience to call on, if you like. So I, I'm, probably, uh, I'm probably a little bit more appreciative of what management teams are going through than perhaps some people who haven't been in that situation. So, yes. Sort of a, a, an entry point anyway, Gary. That big question is, oh, my God, we don't quite know the answer to that question, but we need to pretend we do. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know from experience, you have got me out of those situations on more than one occasion. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And what's it like, you know, obviously we worked together and you were actually one of the first people into Forest Holidays with me. What's it like working with an entrepreneur and a business owner? I know you've got two very different experiences, chemical and, and holiday, but is there any sort of yeah. key points, really? Well, I think I think part of it is actually then working out where I think anybody in a team working out where you're what 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 you can add to that team, and, and entrepreneurs, you know, as, as you will recognise, can't can't do everything every, every aspect of a business, you know. So there are certain there are certain sort of aspects within a business, certain roles within a business that I think it's helpful to be a counterbalance to, if you like. So a natural one might be, you know, looking at some of the some of the risks and, and some of the governance and some of those issues that you know maybe an you know a sort of hands-on, operationally driven entrepreneur wouldn't nat- naturally gravitate to. So I think you, I think it's helpful to have different people with different skills on a on a balanced management team, actually. And, and, yeah, and I think, wow, I definitely agree with that. Crikey. It's just different skill sets and the way you look at things, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I, think it's, I think it's helpful to have a healthy respect for different sort of viewpoints. And, and I don't think, this is going to sound a bit odd, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying yet to argue, but to, to at least have a robust debate and challenge because I don't, I don't think... It's necessarily helpful for any business, to, whether it's an entrepreneur or any individual, to, have to 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 be right all the time. So I think it is. I think it is helpful to have challenge 
you know, constructive challenge from different, you know, from different angles and maybe different, you know, whether it's the marketing person or whether it's the operational person or whether it's the finance person. And I think the finance person definitely has a role there. Yeah, and I think there's a bit of a lesson there for entrepreneurs, really, isn't it? Is it don't a don't think you know it all. B have the humility to listen to your team and really, as you say, debate. And, and I think we say debate. We debated and argued actually, yeah, vehemently from everyone's position, which I loved because it's really valuable to get to the right answer. Yeah, you get to, you tend to get to a better answer if you've had a good, robust debate. But there's no point. I don't think there's any point anybody in a in a management team, especially not a leader of a management team, are, you know, just just surrounding surrounding themselves with with yes people, because I don't actually think that necessarily does anybody any good. Actually, it doesn't. Now that said, I think it's helpful to to actually build up a, a decent working relationship and a constructive relationship where people are comfortable and, and they know they can rely on their sort of colleagues in different areas of the business. And that but, takes a bit of work sometimes, doesn't it? I remember. You know, we used to have quite a few away days. It doesn't matter whether it was in a pub or anywhere, but in a social setting that that allowed us to uh, free flow and say what we felt, really. Yeah, I think those, when I look back, actually, I can think of a couple. I've got a couple in mind, actually, where, yeah. you know, people people did open up about their background, what they're looking to get out of things, what their hopes and fears were. Generally, there's a, there's a bit of social element involved as well, but I think it is helpful to get to know people that you're going to be working closely with as a management team over a number of years, um, and, and just understand what makes people tick. And, and, and having a range of sort of personality types, perspectives, and, and, and a range of different experience, I think, is quite helpful in a management team. Actually, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a really, really valid point. I think just just flipping over to your the chemical. Engineering, I know the story because we got to know each other very well. You still salvaged a lot out of there, but it didn't go well. Just uh, any sort of headlines from there, really, that you, that you could share? You had one particular customer, didn't you? And they, they fell away straight away. Yeah. Or? I mean, and, and I've, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of all part of life's learning, isn't it? We had a, a very significant customer who very shortly after we did the original deal, decided to sort of pull the plug uh, in a, uh, and take their business away, which was very, very unexpected despite doing lots of work on it. And I, and I think it's just then it, it's having the resilience to sort of come up with different solutions to try and get to, a, get to an outcome. Yeah. We ended up having to deal with a difficult situation. And I think you just have to then apply all your intellectual horsepower that you've got to coming up with different ways of, of, of solving, the, solving the problem. Which you did, uh, which you did. We did did eventually, and there generally are ways ways out of things, but, you know, um, that that is life sometimes. I think we've discussed on one of your your other uh, podcasts, you know, the the, the sort of having the trait of having a a resilience that you need, you know, to be any kind of entrepreneur uh, or, 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 you know, running and growing a business for any length of time, you know, stuff happens. So I think you do need resilience, actually, and and an ability to, 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 to handle the sort of bumps in the road. And actually, you know, if you manage to build a management team with a different, with, with, with a range of skill sets and a range of characteristics and a range of personality types, I think that will give you more chance of being able to manage the sort of bumps in the road that inevitably will come along at some point. Yes, yes, um, absolutely valid. I like the different characters, personalities coming from different angles. You get to the solutions, actually, there's no question. Okay, so. You obviously have been an FD in a 
growing company, private equity, you're an investor who probably meets and recommends FDs. What's, you know, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur and wanting to grow, I think I would advocate having an FD, whether it's full-time or part-time, definitely. What do you look for in, in, in one, really? Well, a whole raft of things. I mean, I think I think you sort of take it as read that the, but I think it is always worth testing that that, that the the FD is actually numerous and can and can and you know handle numbers and finances and spreadsheets and and, and all the things that you'd expect. So, just from an entrepreneur, what is that? Is that what's the regulatory body in uh, in that? Well, there's there's a number, but I mean, some form of uh, accountancy, recognised accountancy qualifications. So I think it's helpful to have somebody who is a qualified accountant at some point. Stepping back up, actually, slightly bigger point is I'd, I'd probably recommend getting the, the the best finance director you can possibly afford. Yes, and, and and yes, I don't know about a mistake, but one of the common things can be that you a number of entrepreneurs don't necessarily. It's not their natural an area they would naturally want to invest in because they think it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's an overhead, if you like. It's, if there's one area, I'd just get somebody that you really can be a, a sounding board and a rock and you completely trust on your, on your financials will stand you in good stead over time. And, and I think that's brilliant advice. Absolutely brilliant. To invest a little bit more than you feel comfortable with. I know what. Truth is, truth is, Gary, we found that, and, and I can safely say that because we found that at, at, at various points when we were working together. We did. We did. And you know what? I think that's the number one. That's absolutely critical, that is, to get a biggest hit you can you can not afford, actually. Yes, almost, yeah. So wherever you, wherever you spec out an FD, and you can probably take advice from, dare I say it, from people like, us now from you know from LDCs or you know investors and banks even as to what what you know what criteria they look for because if you have some if you have somebody with the right the requisite sort of background and who will be super you know, it will be taken as read that they they can do the accounts they can manage the production of the accounts and they can they can prepare forecasts and sort of you know cash flow forecasts and all those kind of things and, and meet the, and, and test these against covers all the sort of technical things you'd expect. But they, they, they just they would give other stakeholders huge comfort that there's somebody, uh, there's somebody credible that's, that's that's sort of mopping up, if you like, and, and and covering all the bases on from a governance and a financial point of view. And certainly, yeah. if you're involving external investors or banks or external financial stakeholders, you know, no no external bank or, or you know people in my, in my shoes now working for LDC and investing in a business. There's absolutely no mileage in undercooking the, you know, the resources and, 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 and managing the financial side of the business because that would that would just be madness. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. I think my my experience is is that a finance director will do all those things and he'll look back and count the beans if you like. But what you get with a a good quality finance director is is that plus they often handle other areas of the, of the business that. You wouldn't expect them to because so they tend to come in, get a good number two. The number two counts the beans and does all the right stuff. And they look to either do acquisitions or uh, they might look after HR, they might look after IT, or they just do more. Is yeah, that fair? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Gary. I think, uh, I think, you know, depending on the nature of the business, but you'd, you'd expect them to organize the financial department so that is ticking along. Yeah. And then it's okay looking in the rear view mirror, but actually you want to be looking ahead, don't you? 
yeah. looking at how the business can develop in whether it's um, whether it's in the operations, whether it's in IT. It's quite often a, a it's an area that quite often comes under the finance uh, a finance a good finance director. So having sort of experience of developing IT systems, I think, is quite helpful. Planning and sort of forecasting, I think, is really critical. And just making sure that actually we've got appropriate funding structures in place. So then, then dealing and, and, and actually being a dealing with the sort of banks and other financial stakeholders, that's a really important role and giving them comfort, a really important role for a But it also service. gives I remember our relationship, and it what what gave me great comfort was you dealt with all of that plus and allowed me to focus on the business, which is the, you know, as a growing business, all kinds of demands, but I didn't get bogged down with tax and audit and all the other bits and pieces that can slow an entrepreneur down. I, I, well, I think you make a good point there, and I think that's where you need to, you know, you need to have an honest relationship between your FD and your your, your, your entrepreneur or your MD or CEO or how it's structured, so that, that you work out who's taking over which bits of a business, but making sure there are no gaps there. I think that's that's the key. Yeah, actually, you, you make a very good point about enabling enabling an entrepreneur to actually do what they're best at, which is quite often around the sort of growth agenda, is um, yeah. is quite liberating, I think. And I know you found it, I think you found it so over the years with, with various FDs that you've worked with. I do know that. Yeah, but also, yes. And also that sort of, <laughs> the things that suck energy. I, I remember, that I, I think I attended one audit committee and lasted about seven minutes. And I've never done one since as a chairman investor or or as a business leader and you know they just they sap your energy really and other yeah. areas but, but that wasn't you know that was that definitely was not your bag and i don't know i don't, I don't even know why we got you along for seven minutes actually but the <laughs> but you know good fd was recognized that that's not going to be a forte of the entrepreneur yeah. take it take it off their hands you know and maybe yeah you know maybe maybe sort of wheel them out for a for, for a you know for, for a a coffee chat just for general chat, but not not get sucked into some of the things that are just they're not going to add any value, huge amounts of value at. Yeah, no, that's 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 it. I, I think just to help uh, the entrepreneurs listening, you know, how would you go about recruiting a FD? Where would you? If I look back, I got recommended you via a private equity advisory company. That's yeah. how I got that, and you know, there are agencies out there, but you know, what's the quick one, two, three steps for someone looking to recruit a a finance director, heavyweight who they can't quite afford. Well, it's a good it's a good one. I mean, what 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 would we what what well, what do we do now? We, first of all, we ask around our network within within LDC. Yeah. So you know, going back to sort of areas where actually speaking to you know investors or even prospective investors, even if they're not invested, actually. You know, tap into a sort of slightly wider, different network that you might not naturally do, if you like, is one way. Or you could you could get recommendations from your bank. You could speak to other uh, other entrepreneurs, I guess, and, and work out what routes they've gone down that have been successful for them in the past. Um, yeah. You know, we still use we still use a number of um, uh, a number of appointments where we're getting recommendations from headhunters or recruit. You know, good. You know, high-quality recruitment uh, companies that specialise in in, in 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 typically specialise in finance directors. Yeah, um, and and there are there are some very good companies around there. So there are. It's, 
I don't think it's one size fits all. I think I think uh, you know, as, as we've looked at base, you look down various different channels, but don't ignore ignore your own networks if you like, and, and leveraging off other networks, people like ourselves, and we do come across FDs. You know, why not pick up the phone and have a chat about your FD re- requirement because somebody might be out there. You know, yeah, you tend to pay quite a lot for if it's a headhunter, don't you? But again, it's a bit like. You need to pay that money to get the right person. Don't skimp on finding the right person. I think I think the key is to find the right person. You, you know, everybody you naturally wants to sort of if you can do it if you can do it directly yourself. You know, great because you save that money. But I think I, I do think you need to get the right person at the end of it. So however however you construct your process, make sure you've got you know you're comfortable at the end of that process that you you've got two or three people or a number of people, you think, well, actually, they're, they're all high-quality candidates. I've now got a good choice to make. If at the end of it you're underwhelmed completely, I, I'd, I'd somehow I'd be sort of rethinking and starting again and not be afraid to do that. I, I, I'd wait until you've got the, the right person and, and maybe go out and explore some alternative avenues to, to, to before until you get the right person. So it, I, I, yes, that, that absolutely, number one. What's your view on the sort of sector agnostics, really? You know, do you need to find an FD who's been in chemical engineering or UK holidays, or does it really matter? What's your thoughts? On on one hand, no. I think a good, and we find this with, you know, good FDs, um, and some of them have been serial FDs in, in a number of, in a range of different sectors and spaces, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll pick things up fairly quickly. So on the one hand, no. I'd, if you can find somebody who's, and I'll randomly pick a sector. You know, if you if you're in a, a food manufacturing business, for instance, or you're in a, it could be any any sector, and you find somebody who's actually done something that's got some highly relevant experience in a in a in a competitor or in a, in a business that's actually in that space, they at least will be further up the learning curve. So I think that yes. would be a that wouldn't be that wouldn't necessarily be the number one issue. That would be a nice to have. I think. I have to say that I, I will say that I, I think my own experience actually at working at two very different businesses in very different sort of markets and in very different sort of phases of those companies' developments was fantastic experience and, and, and actually great experience for what I'm doing now as in, in a very different role as, a, as, a, as an investor now. I would recommend anybody, certainly is, is from an investor point of view, having some you know, hand, proper hands-on experience, actually, because I don't think there's anything quite like it. No, I think that's that's really valuable. I think I, I, knowing you as I do and how you can see from an investor and a business side, I think that certainly gives you a differentiator from other investment directors in, in the sector, no question. I think the only other bit I would finish on in terms of finance directors is often entrepreneurs don't know a good finance, good finance they're from a bad one if they're appointing their first one, do they? They need a bit of help. Yeah. Uh, and 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 what so uh, and so is the question what what's what's a way of getting a bit of help? Yeah, I think you well, mentioned it. You need to speak to people like you, or you know, yeah. just get that even on the interview. I mean, why not? Actually. Why why not get your perspective? I don't know. Either somebody you know, or get a prospective investor to help you with the process. It's that it, it's actually happened relatively in, infrequently. You know, since you and I worked together at Forest Holidays, but I know you did it when we were at Forest Holidays. Oh, well, you remember. It, Ross Beaumont got lost, didn't they? Correct. I remember it was very powerful. It has happened to me a couple of times. And actually, when people reach out and say, look, and this is this is with companies that we didn't necessarily have a relationship, would you help me, you know, w- w- in finding a, 
uh, a finance director, at least mapping out. And I, I was delighted to. And yeah, I, I, think that's I, spoke, I spoke. I spoke to one or two people. Now it's not something you, you, I'd want to advertise and spend all my life doing. So you know, but yeah, I'm, surprised, yeah. I'm surprised people don't do it more often. Actually, yeah, I agree. I agree. The other point to make there, perhaps, is this is where a good non-exec director can come in and yes. somebody's experience of that. So that's a good point. Somebody who has experience of of recruiting senior people in different disciplines. Perhaps like a non-exec or a non-exec chairman or a non-exec, you know, or somebody that you respect who's, who's at a different stage of their business career, they can be they, they, they can be quite helpful, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.